don't be afraid when opportunities open up and you feel that you can do it you know um, do it this is from paint to purpose a podcast by fcp services where we believe people drive growth exploring topics related to company culture leadership and construction industry insights now your host Welcome, everybody. Today, we have Fernando Garcia as our guest. Hi, Fernando. How are you? Doing great. How's everybody doing? Thank you for having me. Pretty good. Yeah, of course. It's always fun to have people that I know in the past and, you know, kind of seeing where they've, where they've been, how they've grown and all that. Um, tell me. Okay. I mean, I already know <laughs> a little about your background, but, you know, tell our audience um, what you do and pretty much your story. Yeah. Um how far back do you want me to go? Uh, go as far as my birth, I guess. But uh, well, I'll start where <laughs> I'm currently at. I'm, I'm a operations manager for a value added services team at Logitech. Um, in the last year, we have seen a great boom in the need for devices that enhance the experience for work from home, education from anywhere, right? Uh, we have been key in providing the webcams, the speakers, the keyboards, mice, right, uh, to give the ability to be able to interact through video conferencing. And so um, we have had a very busy year. Uh, we have broken records in, in regards to sales, in regards to uh, operational activities that we're doing. Um, so for me, it, it really has been a, 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 it's difficult to say, right, but it's a a blessing in disguise for us, right? Uh, on a personal level, it's been a, a really good year. Um, and, and it's contradicting because I look out the window and I know what's happening and what has happened in the world to the world this, this last year, right? So more and more importantly, more than anything, I feel must feel very blessed, you know, to be in the position that I'm in um, and, and, and humbled, to, you know, to, to have found the opportunity and to land where I'm, I am today, right? I think I look back at all the experiences and all the risk, and um, yeah, it's been worth it. What are some valuable lessons that you've learned along the way to get where you are now? I think sacrifice um, has been one for sure. You know, um, going back to my beginnings, right? And, and you're asking me, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican. I, I was born in. Mexico and raised there till I was about 10 years old. Uh, I migrated to the United States when I was, uh, yeah, 9, 10. And um, I came to the country, right, with uh, the objective of many other people have, right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a doctor recipient, and I'm proud to say that because of the accomplishments that I've had. Um, we came to the United States with the hope and dream that everybody has, right, to reach and achieve the American dream. Uh, I'm still I'm still searching, uh, but I think I'm I'm close, <laughs> um, you know. And so I, I look back at everything that has happened in my life. Um, you know, I, I have reminders of what it takes to get here. You know, I, I said goodbye to family members that I never got to see again. Mm. Um, uh, and during my working experiences, I've had opportunities that I really enjoyed. You know, I've worked with companies, uh, thanks to my work permit, uh, at, such as uh, Red Bull, uh, Apple, Tesla, now Logitech, right? It, it sounds good and looks good on paper, but there certainly have been sacrifices that I had to make, right? And, and for example, at Apple, I really enjoyed working there, but it didn't really align with uh, the career development that I, I wanted to do, uh, right? Working at the retail store was not something that I saw myself doing for the long term. 
And then moving on to Tesla, right, where I think I, I became passionate about seeing what was happening at that place and uh, working for MITA, uh, MITA Industries, which was the contract at the time, right, and, and seeing what was happening uh, there and uh, the people that were working to make it happen and uh, as it relates to the other stuff that was happening in the background, right, related to um, immigrant workers being let go because of their status, you know, all of those things and, and having to let go of that. Uh, ultimately, I think of the sacrifices that I took to to stand here, right? To 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 a certain extent, I can almost compare it to standing on a mountain, right? And I can look back at everybody got left behind, everybody that didn't reach the top. Um, and it's because of those experiences, all those sacrifices that I can uh, count on on the success that I that I have today. What are your future goals? Um, I know right now you're in operations. Um, what is your next step? Well, uh, one, I want to get away from op operations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it, 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 my position has been a joy. I, I've learned a lot. I have grown as a person quite a bit. Um, when they pitched it to me and I was still at uh, Mida Industries, they had a... Uh, one of the things that was difficult for me to do initially was to accept a six-month contract with Logitech. And right. I didn't think that it aligned well with my work permit. I didn't think it aligned well with my long-term plans, right? And that ultimately ended up uh, turning into a one-year one experience uh, as a contractor, being offered the position, the opportunity to move to Memphis, right, as full-time employee. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to say no. You know, initially, yes, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I'm not going to move to Memphis, but here we are, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, I've learned a lot. Uh, I know quite a bit about logistics. I know quite a bit about project management, uh, warehousing. But the more I, I, I look at it, um, I've also kind of had to take take a step back and reassess my values as 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 it relates to work ethic and how much work you got to put in. Um, I want to make sure that my work life balance is respected because I think it's it's a huge thing now, especially with the dynamic and and how things are changing in the United States, right? Um, I, I really value my time, right? So uh, as far as the company is concerned, I'm going to go ahead and give you 100% on, on the clock. But mm -hmm. outside of that, it, it's my time. And operations, the way that it handles uh, business activities, it's 24-7. You know, I, right. I was just having a conversation with one of our warehouse managers um, that manages our main DC over in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And uh, he's always told me, you know, you need to go in sales because... Uh, uh, here in operations, you know, I, I don't find a lot of peace outside of uh, my work time. And that's true, right? Because you have to be responsive, you have to be available, uh, you have to understand that globally activities are happening, right? So you have to be available for China time and India time and Canada time and all of these different time zones. So it's 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 a challenge for him to kind of have to disconnect. And, and I can see that, right? Because I work with these people side by side. So my number one goal is to get away from, from operations Number two, it has to align with uh, something that I want to do uh, in the sense that I want to get some fulfillment. I want to be able to say and feel that uh, what I'm doing is making a difference in the world, right? And I think that's shaped uh, by my background, by my ra uh, the way I was raised, uh, by the things I experienced, right? Uh, and COVID really showed everything that was fractured already, in my, in my opinion, mm. uh, regarding the different structural systems of education, social uh, services, um, and you also have uh, the way that uh, 
systematic racism is shown uh, on, a, on a grand scale, right? It's always been there, but uh, you didn't understand how systematic it was, right? So my next step is going to be aligned with, one, getting away from operations, two, making sure that it aligns with uh, some of those values that I have, um, and three, uh, I think just to, to the, one of the things that, that's also important um, is that uh, I want to make some money, <laughs> right. know, and I know uh, at the end of at the end of all of that, that can also contradict the first two uh, items, right? Mm. But um, where I come from, right, uh, I can probably stand again on that mountain and, and look back, and uh, I think for me that the. the the mentality had to switch when I realized I was making more than my parents, right? And I was like, okay, the, the sky is really the limit, right? Mm -hmm. I want to circle back to work-life balance. Um, being in a new, like, generation for us, um, that's super important. Um, but I've seen previous bosses and they would be putting in 12-hour days. Why do you think that's important? Uh, to put 12-hour days? No, to have a work-life balance. Um, because time is so short, right? I, I especially with with COVID hitting. Uh, not that I really needed that lesson, because I think I already understood it where I was coming from, right? Mm -hmm. But um, you probably know this, right? I think in the beginning you really had to put in the time and uh, excel and go above and beyond. But and and, and that's true. I, I will have to say that at certain times in your life, you have to go out and do the time. Right. right? You have to do boot camp. Mm -hmm. You do have to do that to get some validation, to get some experience, right? To be able to get to the next level and know what you're talking about to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, but work-life balance is, is so important because I'll share with you my schedule. Right now, um, I basically molded this uh, opportunity the way that I wanted to do it. And it runs the way that I run that I run mm -hmm. it, basically. Um, and that's all thanks to my boss. She managed me from the Netherlands, right? And so that's a, that's that's also a unique uh, experience, but she let me kind of be the owner in, in, in this position, right? So um, my schedule right now, I, I start 7 a.m. Um, usually I wake up between 5.36, depending on if I'm going to run in the morning or uh, regardless, if my I got a puppy in December and I have to take care of him, so potty training starts early. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so usually I show up, uh, and again, going back to the fact that I've been blessed, I, I've been able to work from home uh, for the last year. We just started getting permission to go back to the office, but uh, I, I, even then, I, I used to like to be at the office by 7 a.m. so that I could be there from 7 to 4. And I think it's a good schedule to have. And after that, I can commute back and forth between home and, and work. But you lose a lot of commute time uh, due to commute time, right? And I experienced this in California quite a mm -hmm. bit, right? And, and times you're losing an hour, two hours. And I know people lose more, right, uh, on your commute. So now you're looking at, even if on my best day, I was getting to the office at 7, uh, on, a, on a good day, I would be getting home close to mm -hmm. 5, right? Then I have to get home. I have to make dinner. Um, now that I have a puppy, I have to walk him, I have to uh, take a shower and, and mentally prepare for the next day. If you look at how many hours you really have left at the end of the day, right, and, and in order to input also additional uh, recreational activities, go out with your friends for a drink, for dinner, go to the gym, you really don't have that much time mm -hmm. left. Right? So in that sense, uh, I became very aware of like how I spend my time and what things I, I want to do to enhance how much I can grow as a person, 
right? And, and looking at that has been key in understanding that work-life balance is a thing. And here's the biggest thing for me. At the end of the day, regardless of the job that you have, uh, you could be gone the next day and they will continue right. running. That train will not mm -hmm. stop, right? So for me, it's the same, right? I, I like to treat it the same with the same. And I'm at a level now in regards to how much I know, how much I've done, that if a company comes along and says, hey, your service is no longer needed, by all means, I, I will see you later and I'll find something else. That, that won't be a problem. The last thing that will happen to me is that I'll sit at home feeling sorry for myself. I would gladly go go and take, you know, going back to boot camp. If I need to go back to boot camp, I will mm -hmm. do so. Um, what are some steps you've taken um, to make sure that your work balance is on on point? Again, I molded okay. the position, right? I've been here for three years. When I started, uh, it was kind of up to me to determine how I wanted to run it. I, I, I run on that schedule seven to four. Um, and I'm pretty self-sufficient, so I get my stuff done. I know when to prioritize it. That doesn't mean that I don't ever stay past four, right? <laughs> make that clear, because there are days where you have to put in a little bit of time. There are things that are happening, right. so you have to uh, make yourself available. But uh, at the end of the day, that's that's the way that I molded this position. I, I'm, I'm available for seven and four. After work, uh, after 4 p.m., uh, I don't check my emails. Um, I rarely answer, answer calls. Um, because it's my time, mm -hmm. right? Respect right. my time. Um, you were talking about um, you being able to mold the position to what you thought was best for you. Mm -hmm. Was that um, because of the leader you have or was it you just um, yes. standing out? No, absolutely. I think uh, when, when I first, I mean, she hired me with one phone call, right? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of one of those situations in life where um, you the stars align let's call it that and, and and you meet somebody that believes in you right away and, and it's like yeah he's gonna do it and ever since she's taken me under her wing i can honestly tell you that mm -hmm. i love my boss and and she she probably has the same feeling for me right she she really values me as an employee she sees my work ethic um and so she really has led me kind of take charge of how I want to make this position. Regardless of the fact that at the time when I first joined, I was only, what, 25, mm -hmm. 26. Um, didn't really know. I mean, I joined the team, and uh, I didn't really have a full scope of what they did, uh, what systems they used. All of that, she said, we'll, we'll train you. We'll, we'll do it, and, and we'll just uh, we'll be able to uh, share with you how, how to do all of these different activities. Uh, you know, we think you can do it. And so she just... One took me under her wing, taught me what she knows, and two, then let me let me expand and, and make this thing flourish to what so it is. So, what today. do you look for in a mentor, like your boss? Somebody that's uh, a couple things. One, understanding of where I come from, right? So, so that she can align her values to to mine and and uh, understand where I'm mm -hmm. where I'm at right now and where I want to go. Right, she she knows everything about me uh, regarding my background, right? Uh, my upbringing. She understands that I'm a DACA recipient. She understands I'm a. Uh, she understands that uh, I have been uh, through some difficult things, some difficult times, right? And and she just wants to do everything in her power to to empower me, to take me to the next level, and to the to the extremes that she she might even say things to me like, "Hey, um, I understand." Your time with me might be limited, so I want to help you uh, achieve as much as you can during the mm -hmm. time that you're with me, right? 
Uh, and, and that really, to me, you know, somebody that can go out of their way, right? And she's already, I think she's closer to the end of her career. She's already been with the company for mm -hmm. like 20 years. Um, I think she understands that uh, a good boss understands your background, is willing to take you to the highest point in, in that, mm -hmm. that that position can offer and then be able to hand you off to a different opportunity. That, to me, is what makes a good, uh, a good boss, essentially. Uh, switching gears here a little, um, what's something about you that most people feel familiar with your work don't know? So what we do, my team focuses on creating uh, pallet displays for Costco's, Staples, Office Depots, uh, seasonally. We mm -hmm. stuff them with uh, Mice Keyboards um, product, basically, and it goes to either their DCs or their specific uh, stores. Um, I think what they don't know is the amount of work that it takes to be able to ship one of those units. Mm -hmm. So normally product will be sourced from Asia, from India, from one of those uh, factories to the United States and containers, right? Uh, a lot of companies do, the, do this. And that product uh, hits a distribution center in the United States, right? That comes via an ocean container, gets delivered to the tracks, uh, the railroads. And from the railroads, they get their containers to the distribution houses. And then from the distribution houses, they unload, they receive that product, and then they ship it out across the United States, Canada, Mexico, Latin America, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so basically, you're just taking a box from a box that's manufactured in China, you bring it to the US, and then you send it somewhere else in the United States. My team is a little bit more detailed than that. We actually manufacture a lot of the goods here. We take products, we basically build these things from scratch, build the puzzle together, build mm -hmm. a finished good, and then once that finished good is in, 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 uh, completed, there are different system transactions that take place based on how customers order, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that goes into a whole different uh, ball game. It's not just shipping a box, there's systematic numbers that need to match, uh, so there's a lot of detail behind having a box uh, be shipped from my team versus somebody else that's also shipping a box. And, and going back to that, you know, uh, for a while, you know, I, I was over here doing my thing. And I have a younger brother and you would tell me, you know, people ask me, what do you do? And I tell them that you ship boxes. And I kind of was like, that's that's not wrong, but it's also not all the way right <laughs> because it's more complex than than you're making it out to be um that i think would be like the biggest one that comes to mind at this time that uh, the complexity around mm -hmm. shipping a box um talking about complexities um last year you know COVID happened and i know you said you um your sales increased because everybody working from home do you mm -hmm. think that's going to change in the long run where we're going to get better at um yeah services why yeah i think so because um in my personal experience for one the first year i put in a lot of process uh processes in place i put in, i standardized a lot of things i put sops i put in a lot of work i was spending a lot of time uh face to face so the same way that i established those processes and those sops and those standards a lot of companies have already established those pre-COVID, right? A lot of those okay. things already run and you show up to a place to work and you give your two cents in a meeting and then go back to your desk and finish your work and then it's time for another meeting, you jump back into a room. The way that I, I see 
the world evolving after COVID is that a lot of these interactions are going to happen via Zoom, via video conferencing, right, to, to enable us to be able to do our work from anywhere. And, and just to extend it a little bit further, looking forward to this next, uh, next stage of my career at Logitech, I, I have already been, uh, the company has allowed us to dictate whether we want to go to the office a couple of days, whether we want to um, full-time, whether we want to stay home full-time. And I personally, because I think I've already put in that time, I have requested that I've been, I work from home for, for indefinitely, mm -hmm. right? And so I've been able to do this whole year and I've been able to do it this whole year successfully, which mm -hmm. is also makes a difference when you go up to your boss and say, hey, I think it makes sense for me to work from home and just be able to visit the facilities mm -hmm. from when, I, when I really need to. Um, and so that the way that that experience has happened for me, I can imagine it's going to happen for other companies that have already established SOPs that have already done all that hard work, right? Establishing the company to get to where it's at mm -hmm. so that going forward, they can be able to do that. What are some things that you've learned from previous mistakes you might have made and how can you, um, you know, what advice can you give someone looking into a career like yours? Uh, don't be afraid. I think, um, I think, and, you know, and that's a cliche one, right? But uh, really, right, when opportunities open up and you feel that you can do it, you know, um, do it. Uh, I think for me, my experience, I waited until uh, I, I deemed that I had some time to start applying for new positions that I could jump to the next level, right? Uh, um, that would be the first, right? Because I think you certainly at some point have to learn how to fly out the nest mm -hmm. and understand that, you know, it's going to be sink or swim, right? And, and uh, I'm going to try and swim as hard as I can, right? That you have to go with the mentality. Um, that would be first two, I would say, uh, do your boot camp. Yeah, I, I certainly have had to do boot camp, right? And, and in this position that I'm in mm -hmm. right now, I currently consider it boot camp as well. Uh, because it's certainly going to help me to jump to the next step, right, to the next position. Uh, it's going to help. Um, you got to do your boot camp. Whether it means, you know, I, I worked, I, I really, when I consider and look back where I started, uh, I look at Pizza My Heart back in, uh, back in California. I, I worked there for five years while I was going to college. I was doing that full-time, and I was also working, uh, I was going to school full-time, and then after that, uh, I also joined the uh, Red Bull, and I had uh, to learn that experience. And uh, although I was in Red Bull guy, I became the Red Bull guy. And every year after that, it was just the same mentality, right? Be, get boot camp, mm -hmm. uh, get your boot camp done, done, and that will ensure that your training for the next position will be adequate. What are some of your plans for this year? Do you have any goals, or have you reached any that you've set? Yes, um, I, have, I have accomplished quite a bit uh, in the last year, I'll be honest. Um, I ended up getting married in October. Oh, nice, so congratulations. I'm married uh, for, for a couple months now, yeah. Uh, two, um, uh, speaking, you know, I'm a DACA recipient. We, She's an American citizen, so we want to uh, get my residency done so that, you know, I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> um, Two, I'm six months away, uh, three days ago, and actually this was a conversation I was having with my wife, um, three days ago was my six month cutoff time till I turn, turn 30. So my objective between that then and now is to turn the switch on, as I, as I like to mm -hmm. call, call it. 
And so what I want to do is uh, work on my mental health, work on my physical health, work on uh, my additional development, um, you know, um, work so that I can prepare myself for the next phase. Really, I want to show up to 30 in the best, uh, with the, as the best, best version of myself. Um, but I, I can only imagine that's going to prepare me for the next stage of, of my mm -hmm. life, right? That, that, that I think is the, the short-term goal, right, for the next six months. Uh, Long-term, um, you know, it's the a house is, is on the horizon, right? So, and, and the dream is really to go back to California, but um, one of my favorite sayings is, you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans. Right. So we will mm -hmm. see what happens. Nice. I want to ask a, a little, a uh, couple more questions about DACA. Um, being a DACA recipient, you know, um, I feel like sometimes we have to stand out more to prove mm -hmm. ourselves. Do you think that's yeah. true, or is that just a no? One hundred percent true. No, one hundred percent true. Um, one, you come from a background where you've always had to fight adversity, right? English was not my first language, right? So. I think about the times that I was bullied in school because I didn't know English, right? And then I learned English and then I excelled and then I started getting awards in, in elementary school, right? The next step was uh, going to middle school. Uh, are you good enough to take the AP classes or the advanced placement classes, right? Uh, which I think, you know, like, look at, look at it as the same thing. Um, and then high school, right, uh, was key because uh, at the time that I joined high school, there wasn't a DACA program. There was no way of knowing mm -hmm. if uh, I was going to be able to go to college, right? And, and even then, then I graduated, there was still no DACA. Um, and while all my friends were still applying for different colleges and no, being from California, you know, uh, you heard people saying, I'm applying to Berkeley, I'm applying to Santa Clara, I'm applying to Stanford, right? And, and me sitting there, right, uh, knowing that I had to be very careful about which um, schools I applied to because one, it, it was like whatever cost, right, it, it was to apply, right? There's a fee to apply. You just can't take an application, submit it. There's a fee you have to pay. And I knew it had to come out of my parents' pockets, right? So I had to be very careful about that. So the whole time it feels like you're fighting an up, uphill battle, right? And going back mm -hmm. to the mountain example, right? So you're constantly fighting to, to, to get to the same level to, to be equal to your peers, to be equal to everybody around you. But at the same time, it never feels that way, right? Uh, there's always that, that concern, like, that, well, what happens uh, when DACA gets removed or what happens if there was no DACA? I joined college without knowing that DACA was a thing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And knowing that I was going blind. I'm getting an industrial and systems engineering degree, and maybe I use it. Maybe I don't. Maybe I have to work in a restaurant mm -hmm. after this thing is all over, right? Mm -hmm. But thanks to Doc, I've been able to get uh, in, in some really amazing companies. I mentioned them earlier, right? And it seems really good on paper, right? I've learned a lot. I've gone to a good place in, mm -hmm. in my career. And now I can be level, right? And and so going back to that example I shared with you about my dad, right? And my parents and, and making more money than them. It, it, at that point, really, I was like, I'm in the big leagues, right? And, and so mm -hmm. from here on out, I am I, not only competing at, against everybody else, but I'm competing against myself because nobody else in my background, nobody else in my family has done this, right? Mm -hmm. And the expectations are not the same for for me as they, they are for somebody else that's born here, right? Because equally, mm -hmm. the opportunities aren't the same. Uh, you're not going to measure them the same. Um, and, and yeah, to a certain extent, you're, you're always trying to show off and, and demonstrate that you can be in the position that you're in. 
I know I had a backup plan when um, we had a certain president. <laughs> did you have any backup plans in I, case, I, um, you know, I the did, DACA I, program? I didn't. No, I, I did not. Um, my, my, back, my, my backup plans, as I set them, now look sound sound ridiculous. My backup plans were to go back to Mexico. That okay. was my backup plan. Um, that or end up in the restaurant business, right? People right. work under the table, but neither mm -hmm. of those were going to be fulfilling. Neither of those were going to uh, fulfill my potential. Um, and so mm -hmm. thankfully that didn't happen, right? But it was very close. And, and it actually during that time, it aligned with the time that I was supposed to come to Memphis, right? To work for Logitech full time. So not mm -hmm. only did I have to make a big decision on moving from California to Memphis, right? To Tennessee itself, I also had to consider can can this happen because i don't know what's going to happen with my permit mm -hmm. um thankfully that didn't go through there was pushback from judges uh from the judi judicial system right and so thankfully i'm still here today mm -hmm. yeah i definitely do i feel the same way <laughs> a nerve-wracking time i'll tell you it was super nerve-wracking i was on edge um, a lot yes. my my backup plan was canada canada <laughs> Yeah, I have um, some contacts there, so I was gonna be that was gonna be my backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't happen because I feel like I would have fallen in love with Vancouver and never want to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, so is there anything that we did not cover that you would like to talk about? Yeah, maybe as a last minute message, right? Because I don't know what the audience looks like for this, right? But I, I know I come from a. a background of where not everybody makes it right uh, I, I'm very aware of the position that I'm in I think people in our in our position have to be able to speak out and and be those advocates for people that don't have the same opportunities right I think of my cousins I think of my my friends uh, that come from similar backgrounds and never make it right because there wasn't money for school because they got here too late because DACA isn't available to them mm -hmm. um, and I think about uh, the, the, the privilege that it is to be here today, right? And and say proudly that, you know, to a certain extent, because, you know, uh, capitalism and, and all that good stuff, but I'm in corporate America. Uh, mm -hmm. I am in corporate America. I am a part of it. Um, um, I am the man. I am the guy that's making it happen for Logitech and the North American region. I'm mm -hmm. the one that uh, is calling the shots. And so it's people, for, people like us that are in these positions to be able to speak up and make change, right? Whether it's uh, making change in diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Making change in education, making change in social norms and structures. It's up to us to really be able to drive that change by either creating direct uh, awareness to people mm -hmm. that are willing to listen to our stories or to be able to show up over the causes that call it, right? It doesn't always have to be about Hispanics. It can, it can be mm -hmm. about uh, different races. It can be about different groups. But when the momentum is going, you know, feel free to to partake and 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 at the same time, be also be cautious, right? Not to overwhelm yourself with all these different causes that come along because one individual, unless you're Bill Gates, you're not going to change the world, right? So right. you just have to be cautious <laughs> of that. But uh, the causes that you do see that you feel that you can have a, a voice in, um, don't be afraid. You know, I think. For my for our position for a long time we were afraid right and there's always that fear to speak out because you're not from here because uh as rough as it sounds you're an illegal immigrant right and right. and that shouldn't stop us anymore right that that the time where we were scared is over the time to make changes now mm -hmm. how do you think um companies can embrace more um inclusivity across the board 
doing a lot of the things that my CEO is doing. That's another blessing that I have. My CEO has been kick-ass, if I can if I can say that on, on radio. Uh, on, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> he has been amazing. I mean, in regards to diversity and in regards to being the voice and being able to, because there's only going to be backlash, right, from individuals that disagree with you. But he has made it a point to say, no, this is wrong. This is what we're going to do. Here's a, uh, I invite you guys to, to look him up. Uh, his name is Bracken. Uh, Daryl Bracken from uh, Logitech, and he has made uh, some very uh, strong opinions, strong messages, uh, strong statements about what it means to be uh, a good human being and what it means to take it to the next level, right? And so on our friends, we have a couple of different things that are happening at this time. We're uh, working to be more diverse, whether it means directly or indirectly, right? Uh, mm -hmm. By bringing in partners that are diverse. Two, becoming aware of what's happening to the environment, right? And becoming more aware and creating uh, processes that are sustainable, mm -hmm. uh, sustainable-minded. Um, creating spaces for education, right? We're driving that by understanding that uh, our, our products enhance the ability to learn from home, to uh, have uh, disabilities, uh, to, to be able to help people with disabilities, right? Um, a lot of those different things, like those three that I just mentioned, are things that my, my company is strongly in favor of, right? And it helps mm -hmm. that you know this, right? When the when the leadership is the one that's calling the shots and, and, and saying those things, that's when you're really making a difference. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, well, Fernando, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> you're welcome. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, guys. You guys take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.